Hello and welcome to Breakthrough Business Podcast. My name is Joe. And I'm Eric. And I'm Christian. And the three of us are the co-founders of the Breakthrough Business Academy. And on this Breakthrough Business Podcast, we're going to teach you the new fundamentals of business. Old advice just doesn't work it anymore. The landscape is changing so fast. So we're going to teach you guys what we're doing on a daily basis to implement in our business. And not only that, we're going to bring the best industry experts to you in order for you to be more, create more, and have more. Perfect. All right. Hello and welcome. Today's episode is going to be about surviving 30 plus years and how to make it through the industry for 30 plus years and come out on the other end like it was day one. We're going to share with you some tips and tricks. And Chef uh, Christian, you want to give us one of your secret tips? 30 years. If you make it sound like that, it sounds really old. Um, but I, I think, you know, the biggest thing around being in this industry, it needs to become a labor of love. It's not something you do for money. It's not something you do for recognition. I found over the last, you know, now almost 35 years, I just realized I graduated um, my culinary um, school in 1988. It's not crazy. So, but if you think about how, how do you go from there? It's really, how do you, you know, find something you're passionate about? And for me, it goes deeper. How do you scale in the industry to, to stay in with this for that long? I think the conversation today could be really, if somebody just came into the industry, how can they survive and, and stay within the industry, you know, 30, 35 years? And what are some of the, the steps, the, the techniques and what they need Um to, to kind of succeed. Eric, Eric. Uh, by the way, we have Joe Rodriguez, a co-founder from the Culinary Executive Mastermind with me. I have Eric Brown from This Is Eric Brown. Uh, if you ever need anybody to do marketing, he is the king of marketing. So Eric, yes. uh, you are a former chef or you dabbled in the industry. What is your advice to stay in a career for that long? Well, you know, one of the things I've seen in this industry in particular is, you know, often people will take a job because it is for money, right? You got to pay the bills. Uh, there are no, there's certainly no shortage of jobs, especially now in the culinary industry. And so you can find yourself working in a kitchen at a, even a young age. And before you know it, you know, you're 20 years later and you didn't self-direct. You didn't think about what you wanted on the other end of the 20 years. You didn't even think you're going to be in it for 20 years, but let's say you've at some point made a decision. All right. Um, it's beyond making money. Uh, you know, whether you put yourself through school or not, you decided that you're going to continue in another kitchen. You move on to the next job you need to think about, okay, well, where's this going and who can help me get to where I want to go. And I, I think a lot of people just take, you know, it's like, um, okay, I'm going to take this job over here. Cause I've been, you know, I've been a prep cook and now I'm going to do the next logical thing, which is go to garbage and then to the next thing, maybe work on the line. And it's like, yes, you can follow that progression, but is that what you want? And I think if you align with what your, your goals are, and then align with a kitchen or a set of mentors in that kitchen or outside that can help you get there, you survive anything, right? No matter the economic situation, no matter the atmosphere, and also have the courage inside to say, hey, I know I signed up for this job. I've been working here for a couple of months. I'm, I've given it a good shot. 
something's not right. I'm either going to talk about it internally and if nothing changes, then maybe it's not the right place for me. But a lot of people just continue. And mm-hmm. it's not it's not just chefs that do it, but it's something I see all the time when I have conversations around culture, telling the story, what it's like to work in the kitchen, all the things that I want people to talk about externally to their guests and to attract people into the to work, you know, talent, seeing what it's like inside. But, you know, people just kind of don't give it any more thought than, hey, I'm mm-hmm. collecting a paycheck. So that's what I got. Love it. Yeah, I, I love what you just said, because it's really finding out why you're going in this industry. And for me, that's really um, six reasons or six points to consider coming into this is, it, you know, it, it gives you an opportunity to serve people and get to connect with people. I think that's the biggest reasons. I believe a lot of the people that are coming into our industry doing it because they like to serve and they like to be of service. Uh, also, this industry is really cool because it allows the opportunity for travel. There's very few industries where you have the opportunity, like in ours, to, to work in a restaurant or own a restaurant or do something on a, on a traveling side. There's a very few industries which allow that much flexibility as ours. Um, it's a very diverse job. You know, if, if you're in something where you don't want to do something on a daily basis or something maintain every day, the industry is really phenomenal, but it's certainly not a nine to five. So if you're looking for a nine to five, it's certainly not a, a, a nine to five. There's a lot of great perks depending on which company you work for, work with. There's uh, phenomenal works. And you know what? It's, it's usually a very vibrant team. All of the, the team is evolving combined. So if you feel like you want to be part of a tribe, I think the food service industry really provides that. Um, so I love what you said. It's really finding why you want to do it. What is the, the, the motivation behind it? And also looking forward, how, how you want to take that direction? Uh, because food these, today is everywhere. You know, you have food in the gas stations, food in, the, in grocery stores. So there's food everywhere. So which allows you to, to work really almost in any level of our industry. And, and you could make a really good career out of it. Joe, how did you wind up in catering? You know, it was interesting because uh, I left corporate. I left corporate. You know, I was a corporate executive chef, and I found myself uh, at the end of the the road there at corporate. So I I thought I was always going to be corporate. And mm-hmm. when I became an entrepreneur, guess what? I found my new love, uh, and never looked back since. Never looked back. But the thing is, what Eric was saying, you, you got to find your why. For, mm-hmm. for myself and my career, I've always followed my tummy. What feels good? And even when I was handed a task, I said, okay, how can I make this task uh, fun? How can I make this task uh, resonate with me? Uh, I studied under a chef and he had said, whether you're flipping a piece of filet mignon or a pancake, treat it the same. Yep. So I've always had that mindset. So a lot of this has to do with mindset. Uh, you were talking about traveling. I've been able to travel with the U.S. Navy all the way around the world. I've been able to work with movie stars down in Southern California. Uh, the, you're absolutely right. Food is a universal language around the world. An apple here is the same as on the other side of the world. An apple is an apple. And it's been able to take us wherever food is grown. And you name a place where where there's no food. So um, it's just a phenomenal uh, uh, career. And, um, you know, I can't say enough of it. That's all. 
So yeah, it, it is amazing for me if I look back. You know, I I don't really think I thought it through as much as I thought I did. Uh, what you can do with food, but you know, opportunity presented. I had the opportunity to work in a lot of different countries, and the cool thing about food is you can make one dish so many different times. So there's really um, something that you could get bored of. Uh, it's really, you know, for me, it was a really great way to experience different cultures through food. And I honestly believe, in order to experience any real culture, it needs through food because I think culture speaks through food. Um, so I, I, I totally agree. It's really a great opportunity for them. You know, I got to chime in here. And and this opportunity, the, this field, give, you name it, it, it has a span. If we want to get into to, uh, uh, tech world with Mr. Eric, we mm-hmm. can design menus online. If we want to manage things, we can go to you, Chef Christian, and learn about leadership. I mean, it's all wrapped up into one. We, mm-hmm. We've got the best of all worlds. I mean, name and, you know, uh, yes, the plumber uses pipes and we use food, but we can align ourselves with almost any other industry and then come out the same, yep. meaning that we can use our, our the skill set is endless, is what I'm trying oh, to say. Totally agreed. <laughs> So let, let's shift gears a little bit. So that's all the cool things about the industry. So if you want to last in this 35 years, you also need to know some of the not so good things in the food industry. And I think the reason a lot of people jump ship out of this industry is, is work pattern. You know, there's long hours, there's nights, there's weekend, there's holidays. I think a lot of people struggle with that. What do you think around uh, work hours? I'll let Eric go first. Yeah, well, I'll say from an outsider's perspective in that I'm not in the the kitchen day to day, nor had I been right, but I can see that some owners treat the business as okay, I mean, they're there to make money, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the employees are are mere resources. But hey, these employees have names, they've got families, they've got their own dreams, they've got their own aspirations that they want in life. And the idea that they can work 70-80 hours a week. I mean, unfortunately, it's to the point where you're browsing anything on social media and you see these memes where, you know, someone's laughing, saying, you know, 40 hours, you know, when, when someone talks about their long work week as a, as a professional, if you will, in another industry, you're like 40 hours, you know, that's like half, half my week. Or half day, yeah. and there's I, this, I, I remember when I had my part-time job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's, that's the meme. That's, that's the thing. And, and then there are other things, you know, other pictures or depictions that we see floating around all the time of, someone eating their dinner over a, a milk crate, you know, like not at a proper table, um, mm-hmm. you know, not at a staff meal. There's so many elements of, of culture that, um, that, that need to be considered. So, yeah. yeah I, I love that because the, the latest study and I'm looking at it right now is from now two months ago. And it said worldwide, this is done from VAX. The average food service worker works 11.2 hours a day. Um, so that's now hourly and, and staff. So also, if you look at it in our industry, I think the next thing is there's a very few industries where you don't get paid for working nights and weekends. Um, yep. That's something which shies people away because, because of that. How about a hierarchy? So food service is by default a very bureaucratic hierarchy. And if you can't exist within that, I think it's difficult to stay in this industry. Joe, what do you think about hierarchy in, in the food service industry? You know, that's where Yes Chef came from, is a hierarchy. 
it came from the military, if I'm correct. Uh, if mm-hmm. I know my history right. So, uh, yeah, there's a hierarchy. But uh, uh, going back to what Eric said, you know, it's the whole culture. We've all had jobs that didn't quite fit our match. And then we have all had jobs that we never wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. And so it's finding the right culture, yep. uh, redoing this culture. I will uh, let's just bounce back while we're just talking. When I entered the um, this industry, uh, when you had said, hey, 11 hours a day, it was noble to say, <laughs> how many hours do you work? Oh, I were. Hey, I've been 13 days. Oh, you 13 days straight. Well, I've done 14 <laughs> plus, you know. I did it without my two sous chefs. I mean, yeah. it was like the old baseball going up, trying to outdo each other. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think I it, that wasn't healthy for our industry, but yeah. it but it existed. And how many of those evenings ended with uh, not one but several shift drinks as a payment for your long hours? Right? <laughs> yes. which is yeah. a whole other set of problems that have been introduced into the lifestyle, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, you know, having a healthy culture, fun, you know, can't wait for the next day. That's what's going to be momentum. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, there are some hours, but, uh, you know, speaking for myself, never worked a day in my life. Speaking for myself, when people say, but that was 13 hours. (laughs) Well, so was the boat trip I went on last weekend and I had a blast. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. That brings me to my next point, which is probably none of one of the positives around hours is scheduling. So if you are used to a nine to five, this industry, you, you probably, Joe, you've seen it many times. How many times were you the evening cook and were asked to come in to do breakfast the next day? Um, I, you know, yeah, the inconsistent shift. schedule, I believe, is, is a big one. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, the, uh, the scheduling, especially now. But the thing is, uh, with the work shortage, what mm-hmm. we're finding out is compressing the days. And then that is also helping the industry because it, it, it's been a fact, not for all restaurants. So I'll put a disclaimer there. Yep. But by them shortening the week, they're making the same bottom line, if not better. Mm-hmm. Better for the employee, better for the restaurant, better for the customer. So, absolutely agree. Creative scheduling. Uh, agreed. <laughs> Let me shift here. Eric is, there's nobody better in customer service than Eric. Yep. And a latest study, again, from around customer service was that, uh, and I'm reading here from my notes, it says, while at times the complaints are genuine, the unexpected and fake complaints outnumber them 11 to 1. So how do you deal with customer service? I mean, there's a lot of unruly expectations or unruly customer and that the customer has to be always right in the industry. Uh, Eric, if you, if you say that's certainly one of the things, if you um, not comfortable in fronting of customers and, and getting that kind of feedback from customers, um, what do you think about it? How do you feel about being in, in this industry working a lot of hours, having on uh, the, the shift scheduled on you, like Joe likes to call it the, the creative scheduling, and then dealing with customers, which are obviously not always honest if they outweigh um, them 11 to 1. Sure. Well, you know, if yeah, people are less likely to post a positive review than a negative review. A negative review, I feel, 
majority of the time is if it's unwarranted, it's because it's just that the person didn't feel heard, right? In hospitality, in this business, I mean, we are providing a service and the guest wants to be heard probably first and foremost in terms of their expectations, the food and the other stuff matters, but it potentially could be secondary. Um, so I think, you know, being real with those, those expectations and having a conversation with your guests and also, you know, it's amazing how many people fly in and out of a restaurant and yeah, you find out about a negative experience, but you find out about it on Yelp, like that shouldn't be. So yep, that's a yep, cultural so problem. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. That's a training problem. And that's something that can be rectified right away. You know, deal with that customer in the, in the moment, make them feel like a, like valued and heard. And you can turn that negative review into the most raving fan that you've ever had. I, I love that. We have a local restaurant and but um, they actually have a screen and the, in in the kitchen and if a customer provides feedback on any of the social media and tags them um the the manager gets uh, a text the chef sees it in the kitchen and it goes to the front of the house management and they can interest uh, right to say hey which seat do you in becoming and, and trying to make it right and his comment was around that because he he tells people that part of you know getting them seated that they have the opportunity to have an instant satisfaction by doing it and he said i wanted to provide a service and and really address that customer's uh, uh, concerns right there and then. But he says, ever since we implemented and promoted, I have no complaints. Um, so <laughs> also to what we just talked about, a lot of people feel maybe confronted if they provide some feedback um, and they get instant um, engagement on that. So the last thing is I want to talk about on this uh, is really with the industry. Um, it's really the up and down, the seasons, the inconsistency. Uh, it's around income and, you know, we all want to make a living. And in this industry, you certainly bound by weather, uh, natural things, what you're going on, by season, um, depending on where you're located. Um, Joe, you, you, you survived uh, your business for 30 plus years. How did you deal with season and how did you have employees for that long where they had not a steady income because they were paid by, by need? Correct. Um, and again, creative scheduling, making sure our culture was correct. Okay. And also we did collaboration with other companies. I, I have some uh, friends that are in the restaurant business. So we would, we would share employees, especially our part-time employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then again, making them number one, making sure that I could see it down the road, knowing that in three months we had a low in between uh, summer and, uh, and our um, Christmas season. And so by projecting that and making sure that they were set for that low time, they always came back in December, always. I I absolutely love that. So with that, we talked about how do you survive a 30-year career? So I want to hear from all of you guys, and I kick it off. Uh, What is one piece of advice you have for somebody to stay um, in this industry for 30 years? So for me, it's almost like twofold. Number one, flexibility. If you're not flexible, this industry is not for you. And by being flexible is the second piece, which goes with it, that you need to invest in yourself. Um, The better you get, the more fun it is. Um, and you know, putting yourself out there and, and it's, it's an amazing industry. And, and I have a quote here, which reminds me every time we're talking about our industry, uh, it, it's uh, food services more than any industry about timing. And that's from a quote from somebody and I don't know who it came from, but it says it's all, you know, food service is all about timing. If it's too soon, 
Nobody understands it. And if it's too late, everybody has forgotten about it. And that's really, I think it really describes what our industry is. It's a very um, on-time industry and everything else. So Joe, being 32 years for our listeners, what would you recommend them to adapt, to do, or to learn in order to be in this for 32 years? You know, uh, human human nature is growth. We all want to grow. doesn't matter what business you're in. And, uh, you know, think about it. Food, you could be an expert in one segment of it, and it would take you a lifetime. Yeah. Take you a lifetime. Uh, and so, so enter this. Have growth. Growth, I believe, is the, the secret sauce because mm-hmm. – the next day you want to learn about something else. You want to experience something else. You want to do something else. Uh, and, and it's endless in the food service business. So that would be, that would be the 30 year survival plus survival kit from, from me. I appreciate it. And Eric, what piece of advice do you have somebody trying to come into this industry and, you know, successfully navigating it for 30 plus years? Yeah, I think you're, you're pursuing experience. You are looking for a place that's going to help you grow. Uh, you need to listen more than you speak, probably, especially in the beginning, until you have a you know, firm grasp and you know, what, you, what you should be doing, what your job responsibilities are and what your expectations are. Uh, be humble. And as I was saying earlier in the, the clubhouse room that I, I think, uh, you, you know, there's a fun saying that I just heard was, you know, you got to learn before you earn, right? So a lot of people want to come out of school or just start off and you know, be at the top. They want to be the next Gordon Ramsay temperament or not, but they want the money and the fame and everything else that goes along with it. And the reality is you got to put in your time for sure. It doesn't have to be bad time, um, but it, it needs to be thoughtful and hopefully time that, you know, helps build you and make you the best person you can. And it's about service, right? So at the end of the day, if you're complaining about that guest that comes in the last five minutes before you, you know, your hours on the door, and that's an opportunity for you really to shine. And, you know, if you've been there for 12 hours and it's really not the guest fault, that's probably an opportunity for you to rethink the culture and that you're working in. So, um, so there's a lot wrapped up in that. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that. Some great advice. So for you, our listeners, if you want to stay in this for 30 plus years, listen to this and listen to this over. Uh, really be clear that you want to be in this for the right reasons. You know, as Eric said, if you want to come in here to be the next Gordon Ramsay, that might not be for you. Uh, you need to pay your dues. It's one of those industries. The more you work and the more you build a name for yourself and a reputation of yourself um, is, is what gets you ahead. And around uh, reputation, you know, it takes a, a life um, long a pursuit of a great reputation and it takes five minutes to ruin a reputation. So make decision wisely and choose who you work for wisely. So with that, I want to say thank you for being part on, uh, of this uh, podcast. Thanks, Eric, for being part of it and sharing your insights. Joe, thank you for sharing your insight. To our listeners, if you like this, please follow us and subscribe to our channel. Provide us some feedback. What was one or two things which worked for you? And then also, if there's somebody within your circle, within your tribe, within your group who can benefit from that, ask them to, to have a listen to us. Uh, we putting out a new podcast every week. So every podcast is coming out every Monday morning. So you can have it ready to go when you go to work and listen to it. Also, we want to get to know our listeners better. So we have a survey. So if you go on christianjfisher.com forward slash survey, fill out that survey. We would really appreciate it. 
we want to know what you guys are up to, what you guys are going to do so we can find better interview partners and better topics to serve you. And then also, if you're out there in the social media world, follow us on Facebook uh, with the executive culinary executive mastermind or with our business uh, business breakthrough academy. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and provide us any feedback you have to make this program better. So with that, I want to say thank you. I'm Christian Fisher. I'm happy to have you guys here for the last 15, 20 minutes listening to us. Any final thoughts from you, Joe and Eric? Go ahead, Eric. I think, you know, there's endless opportunity for everybody. So keep that in mind and keep positive and you'll succeed. Awesome. Thank you. Anything from you, Joe? Uh, you know what? Every time you serve somebody in this industry, you find success and finding success will make you happy. So be happy. I absolutely love that. With that, thank you for listening in and uh, look for our next new podcast coming out Monday morning. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you.